0: Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Mr. Paul Wright, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast.
1: Welcome. Well,
0: pleased to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Look, um, a lot of people... You know, it told me you know, you need to interview Paul Wright, you need to get Paul Wright. And and look, I probably met you, you know, from going to the gym over the last six months and, and going having coffee with Tony and Tim and the boys. I've really enjoyed our chats, but um, I, look, I've I, when I've gone through and I've started looking at everything we've done, I think this is going to be a great chat. One thing I love about um about learning more and more about you is that you're a real action taker and you have a, a bias for, for action taking. I'd love to know before I get into this whole thing about what you've done. What what is that about you that you just you're driven to take action? Driven
1: to take action. That's a uh I guess it's it's a mindset. Yeah. Um you know you've got to go forward if you want to achieve anything yeah uh i've probably been lucky to associate with people yep. who uh, have taken action yeah. i think success leaves clues yeah yeah and i've been privileged to follow some of the best people around in business i yeah. think yeah um and you know if you've got half a brain Find someone who's successful and copy yeah. what they do, and guess yeah. what you'll be successful. Yeah. Um, it's probably the story of my life. Yeah. Just copy great people.
0: Yeah, and and you've you obviously have association, and that's a big part of it. But did you like growing up and stuff? Um, obviously, you're you born in, in Dunedin and, and raised in Christchurch. There, was it were you always looking, you know, to be positive or anything like that, or
1: like was it your background that helped with that, or was it just meeting the right people at the right time? I think circumstances it kind of create the environment for you to yep. either grow or go. Yeah. So, you know, I look back on pivotal moments, schooling, schooling. Yeah. Went to university for a year, actually went to classes for three weeks and had <laughs> the rest of the time there. It wasn't yep. for me. So you only went for one year at university? Yep. <laughs> Fell into uh survey. Okay. Which was fabulous for me because it had a component of in office yep. and in field doing, yeah, doing stuff and I about Real Estate Subdivisions and Developments, which yeah. is, you know, really yeah. interesting. And uh, Pivot 1 got laid off. Oh, we're, wow. Did a course yep. in Wellington, came back, work had um, dropped off a bit. Yep. And I was one of the ones chosen to be made redundant. And I remember the Mombasta server called me in and saying, um, you look back on this and think it was, a you know. Really? Pivot point. And I'm thinking <laughs> nasty words about him. Yeah. What uh, did you actually think at that time? How old were you? 20. Yeah, so just getting started, right? Yeah, yeah. So I went to work for, uh, fell into a job with with the government in Lansing Survey, which I did for three weeks, and I put a tender in for some Ministry of Works work, which was contour service work, um, for the Central Plains irrigation scheme at the time up in WIRE, and won it. And then suddenly I thought, holy hell, what do we do now? (laughs) So we bought an old car and... Uh, started doing it was we, two other guys, one who'd really? also been laid off, yeah, yeah, and another guy was our chainman at the time. The three of us went up there, yeah, good, and did muddled you, our way through. Did you have a business name? Uh, engineering surveys. Really, yeah, <laughs> just made, it, so. up made it up, made it up. So interesting lesson from that. Um, we started off, um, you know, finding a way and became so successful yeah. at that over the next three years. Wow that the very surveyors who laid us off tried to get that work and couldn't compete with us. Really? Mm. How good. And so
0: so was it just a, at the time, was it a marketplace, the reason that, that like, was it a recessionary time? Is that why they laid yeah. you off and they yeah. didn't have enough work? Yeah. But then you obviously saw an opportunity bounce into it and, and like, were you, were you growing at a rate? Like, was it just
1: starting? We just became so efficient in what we did yeah. that, uh, you know, it, 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 it allowed us to... Um, make some good money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I bought some real estate. Okay. Perfect number two, you know, the um, wife at the time. Yep. Uh, that lasted 22 months because I was away and she found someone she preferred. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was a cost to yeah, doing the business. The business. Uh, so that was an interesting lesson at yeah, the time. Yeah. But all of those things, you know, yeah. just kind of hardened so, you for the future. So when, when you look back
0: at that scenario and the guy said, hey, you'll look back on this, do you, do you kind of think, do you look back? Oh, it's yeah, right? absolutely right. But now. at the time I couldn't yeah, see it. Why, why do you think he said that, though? That's a, it's a, kind of a strange thing to say, right? Like you'll see he must have seen something in you or
1: did yeah, he? Yeah, hey, it would yeah. be nice to think that he did but that maybe he um, said who it. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it was, um, you know, so, he had the difficult task of laying the whole heap of people yeah. off, probably used the same script. Yeah, he probably did too. And uh yeah, the no way it went
0: yeah
1: okay so how long did you have that business about five years yeah
0: yeah and then did that just dissolve did you sell it did it was
1: that you could see the work was we were so efficient we were learning yeah. through the work yeah and then my brother's partner at the time was working with steve collins selling yeah. real estate, real estate. she said you should meet steve collins yeah so i went and met him and you know i sat in front of him and said look i've been walking paddocks for five years yeah, and yeah. know anything about selling real estate and he said we can start when you're low. Brilliant. So, who was selling
0: for the survey company? Like, who was pitching the jobs? We were. We were yeah. just tendering, tendering them. the jobs, and you pick up the work. So then, so you have a meeting with Steve Collins, and at the time in Christchurch, obviously he had
1: um, Collins Real Estate. Yeah, so he, he was, was the, he was the young Turk. Yeah, he'd um, been to uh, a, a university course. Yeah, uh, in Armidale University in Australia. All right, and came back introduced for sale signs. Yeah, yeah. Um, exclusive listings. Brilliant. Um, and it really got offside with the real estate fraternity. And well, right at that point, I joined him. He didn't yeah. even have a desk for me. Really? So he said, sit on the end of the board table in my office, which is what it did. When, when was that? What time? Of, what, Ninth, what? Early 80s, 1980-ish. Wow. That's incredible, right? So because
0: if you haven't um, know the story, and we're going to just about to unpack it, you then became, uh, well, harcourt's right like you guys yeah harcourt's yeah. was um well john bateman's john bateman Harcourts started in 1888 yeah uh, they were in wellington and basically in 1985 i think they expanded from
1: wellington and steve collins uh, took on took, took on the franchise or well, we t- uh, yeah we took on the brand but it was company owned at that yeah. stage so collins real estate which we thought was the number one company in yeah christchurch yeah we took the signs down and put, a put up Harcourts. How many people were, it, were in um, Steve Collins at the time when, when that happened? I think we had maybe four or five offices in Christchurch. Yeah.
0: And were you, what, were, what was your role there? You were salesman. Salesman. And were you starting to get the hang of it and really started? When having...
1: we merged, I was managing what was Stephen's office, yet yeah. which he, I'd taken over for him. And when we merged with Harcourts so and Wellington, we called them merged. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we had maybe a dozen offices. Wow. And Steve, being the young Turk, was pioneering all these things in residential sales. Yes. Yep. And the guys in Wellington were all commercial, very yep. strong commercial operation. Yep. So Steve moved to Wellington, and we grew through acquisition mainly. Yeah. Um, right through New Zealand till we had about 90 offices. Yeah. Company owned. We listed on Stock Exchange, delisted. Yeah. Ended up being owned by the National Bank. And then I mean, Tower, yeah. Tower Corporation bought the business just as we were negotiating the management buyer. Yeah. we missed out on that, and we ended up buying it from Tower Corporation about two and a half, three years later. Wow,
0: the growth of in that period was was is amazing too. But now, like, eight hundred plus offices around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Six thousand nearly consultants, and yeah. and around the world, the Harcourts brand. You know, there wouldn't be a person probably, listening, watching this in New Zealand at least. And I know you've got offices Australia, Fiji, South Africa, Indonesia, Hong Kong, Singapore, China, Canada, and the US. Now there wouldn't be a person probably in New Zealand that doesn't know. Someone who probably is involved with Harcourts or know the Harcourts brand.
1: It's yeah. it's yeah. prolific in New Zealand to say the least. Well, we're number one in New Zealand, yeah, <clears throat> top of mind awareness and brand preference, yeah, number two in Australia, yeah, number two in South Africa. Wow. So, so you know that's.
0: I want to unpack that success because I think that's that is a it's it's. As you say, success leaves clues, right? And I think you've, there's a number of things that Harcourts have done and you guys have done that really has led the way um, to to become successful. Um, and I think I think you, even though you won't say it, I've read some reviews from what people have said. You're a big part of behind the scenes of why this brand has got to where it's got to in New Zealand, at least, and yep. if not now,
1: globally. Well, I think yeah. early on, I've I've learned that selling was great, but I was better at listing. Yeah. I could list more property if I had salespeople, so I took on managing yeah. an office. Yeah. And taught and passed on my exclusive listings for them to sell. Brilliant. I then realized that if you were going to run an office, you might as well run a region and the yeah. country.
0: Yeah. but What made yeah. you realize that sort of stuff? Because that's quite a, you know, like is it did you have a, If you do have a bias for, like, helping other people, I think that's
1: one of the the fundamentals that Steve instilled in us, you only become successful by helping other people. Helping other people, yeah. And that is a mantra that's still part of the hako's fabric today. Yeah, Uh, uh, I talk about personal pivot points and you talk about business pivot points. So we got to 90 company-owned offices, got a call from one of our managers to say, need to have a meeting with you. Um, I want to buy the office. Mine. Wow. we said, well, what are you talking about? We own the offices. Yeah. He said, well, if you don't sell them, I've got other premises down the road. I'm taking on a franchise. Oh, what? Wow. A challenge franchise. And we sort of, what's that? So he yeah, jumped on yeah. a plane, Flew went to his office and said, cool. His name was Pat. I said, Pat, what are you talking about? And he said, well, here's the franchise agreement. And we joke about it. Yeah. But we actually took that franchise agreement, twinked out challenge, yeah. typed in Harcourt's, <laughs> got him to sign it, and then gave it to our... Solicito had a mental breakdown. Yeah. And said, that's how we got into franchising. Because I wanted to know how you got into franchising. Because we
0: look after a number of franchises um, in in certain criteria, not not in real estate, but in in different businesses. And there's always interesting stories early on how people got into
1: franchising. So that's... Pat was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. What What really was happening is the challenge had approached a number of our offices. Oh, really? And our managers had been successful growing into management. They were yeah. sales consultants yeah. predominantly just like I was. We become a manager, what's the next logical step? Yeah. Some form of ownership. Yeah. So we realized at that point that we had to make a big decision yeah. with our business. So we sold all of the offices down within twelve to twenty-four months wow. to our managers. Yep. Like 90% of yeah. the sales, closed those offices we couldn't sell. Yep. And uh, they took on the franchise. We were on a 50-50 profit share split with us. Nice. And in their hands, costs halved yeah. and productivity doubled. Doubled. Wow. And then the franchise fee ended up with us completely re-engineering our business, yeah. um, ultimately being more profitable than ownership. Ownership. So- and, and and the final piece of that story is as we franchised, we did a management buyer. So we were suddenly in a room with all of our business owners because we've never called them franchisees. Yeah, yeah. They're either franchise owners or business owners. Um, We wanted to call them partners because that's the attitude to the relationship that we have. And um, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. So suddenly we own it, they own it. We all need to be successful together if we're to prosper. Okay, good. And so we introduced, you know, we were the first to get into the World Wide Web, yeah. First to have our own you, online software. Do you remember the date when you put it on? Uh, it was really early. It just had been released and yeah. it was being used Not, by the university. 1996. 96. Yeah. First weekend. How many visitors did you have to your website? No idea. 600.
0: Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was. We were talking about it yesterday with the team. Obviously, being in web, we're like it's amazing to see yeah, the yeah. history, right? Yeah. And and 600 visitors to that to that first, and I can remember I was actually overseas at the time. Um, there wasn't a lot of internet around. Right. It was dial up. It was yeah, like yeah. you had to take some tell someone to hang up the phone so you would get on the internet. Yeah, uh, it was slow as slow as anything. Uh, you had 3,000 property views that weekend. Yeah. That would have told me you were onto something. Yeah, yeah. You know, back in 1996,
1: so because the blue book would have been started before that. so yeah. we've got into to colour print marketing, which no yeah.
0: one else had thought of, oh, yeah, and that's one of the things I want to talk about with with marketing with you guys. But do you do with the 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 year the Blue Book started? Do you remember that year? It's probably about eighty six, one off eighty seven. Year of the yeah. World Cup. Yeah. yeah. In, in in that year, you had a breakthrough month. How many sales did you make? Yeah. A thousand sales. The first oh, thousand sales. sales. Yeah. You know how many how many dollars that was?
1: Uh, the average sale, sale price then probably to 25 mil,
0: 128 million. Hundred and twenty-eight million. Yeah, gosh. some some fascinating reading when you look at the yeah, history yeah. and stuff like that, and you see see what's gone before you. Um, when you look, so challenge you probably look back and you want to thank those guys.
1: Are they around now? Are they another brand? Are they they ended up being? I don't know whether Ray White or no, that might have been book? Yeah. And were they were they
0: quite a brand anyway? Like were they no, in the marketplace? No, they were,
1: they were in the marketplace and just starting to emerge. Well, and they did expand, yeah. but uh, never grew. Yeah, much momentum. Yeah, they
0: obviously saw the opportunity with franchising, and I, and I know you know even talking to one of our other bigger clients, that has got a lot of franchises. Um, yeah, the idea really came from America, and that's where they
1: picked it up from. So maybe that's that's well they, in our you know in our kind of uh, personal development research. R and D if you like. Yeah. Steve and I and members of the um, exec team would jump on a plane, and go to National Association yep. of Realtors conference yep. in the States. Well, there's twenty thousand realtors turned yep. out to that and you have world class speakers. Yeah and, yeah. and so you got to see what was happening in a, yeah. in the biggest market in the world. Yeah. And we would always visit other big operators to see what we could nice. Know. And um so Steve Collins jokes, he had a um, big coat mate that yep. had an a 4 size pocket. Yeah. And at the, before the conclusion of any meeting, it asked to go to the toilet and the stationary company was always on the way to the <laughs> toilet and he would get really? whole copies and fill up his pockets. <laughs> and when we came back, we'd just to take whatever those marketing pieces were because we couldn't afford anything. No. We no. didn't have marketing departments or anything like that. Yeah. We were very fleet of foot. Yeah. So
0: but isn't that the cool thing about, you know, I think – You know, like talking, I'm privileged to talk to a lot of people on the podcast and talk about that. And I think innovation and um, like Kiwis and Aussies are very resourceful, you know. Uh, they'll do whatever it takes, but they're very resourceful and, and they'll find ways to to get in the right door and, mm. and have a conversation. They're not afraid of actually asking some of those hard mm. questions. Um, that, that's a that's a cool story. Um, and what, for, it's a big thing to get on a plane and just go and go and do stuff back in the day too. You know, like you obviously you know. But it, there's
1: a real desire to learn. I think that's a. a but if, if you if you want to be successful in any age. Yeah. You've got to network. Yeah, You've got yeah. to be a great network. Yeah. You've got to connect yeah. with people, yeah. build relationships and maintain good relationships, and that's what we've done. So yeah. we had, you know, Steve is, was an absolute master. He could yep. walk into any room yeah. at NAR, yep. and within 20 minutes, he would be networking with the yep. movers and shakers in the room. It was nice. just an attraction. Yeah, yeah. And so that's awesome. That's, that's the key. Yeah. And obviously have the
0: personality and, and be guided. I think a bit like it was Steve said to you, you know, help other people first. And if you always come from that service background, people are always gonna let you in, right? Yeah. If you're helping them first, um, they're always gonna want you to be around because they know that you're gonna offer value versus because there's too many people who try to try and take value, right? Yeah. They're not actually give anything back. Um so the one thing I found really interesting was around the growth. You know, you're like, was it just through acquisition that you started growing or, you
1: know, when, when we first started? started? When you first started? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And there were so many government-imposed and body-imposed restrictions yep. to growth. Yep. So there was a QP ratio. So you could only employ three salespeople to one qualified person. Oh, wow. And What was a qualified person like? Was, it was like a, a manager-level okay. experience, yep. but it was just an artificial lid. Yeah. And Steve fought it nationally and tried to get it changed. And, you know, to be fair, when we were expanding, um, we had people who were deceased. They'd never cancelled the QP ratio, who we employed and showed us. Oh, really? Like, and people oh. hated because yeah. We broke all the rules broke to get there. And then eventually the government and the, the governing bodies yep. realised that the whole, all those rules were stupid Yeah, and uh, they got rid of them. And that allowed us to really true. boost our growth. Yeah. Because they were all restrainers to protect people's backyards. Yeah. And, you know, we were, hey, we were the young Turks. And, yeah. And, you know, prepared to risk everything. Everybody was in their 30 yeah. yeah. so
0: you didn't care, you no. know. what how, how, what's the biggest, some of the biggest changes you've seen in the industries, you know, now, you know, 2023 from from back then like it's
1: it's um uh, i guess well so. there's been some massive changes in terms of the marketing mm. where your inquiry comes from the digital impact the websites yeah the emerging trade me yeah realestate.com yeah. yeah you know they are um getting more and more eyeballs yeah but uh, and and everybody says well it's going to work you know real estate's over yeah. uh it's all going to be online what we've seen mm. and if you look at the states it tends to lead in this area yeah that people will find property yeah using whatever means they need yeah whether it's digital blue books newspapers totally. whatever but when it comes to the negotiation viewing the property and making yeah. a sizable investment yeah they want a trusted advisor exactly so we found despite the zillows and all of the massive yeah. investments that have gone on in the states and elsewhere People want yes, someone they can trust in yeah. a transaction,
0: and and it makes sense, you know. Like I've seen it in 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 industries that I've worked in. Right, um, when I was working in bond and bond, you know, we we had we had all the brochures and stuff. No one else had the information. As soon as the web came on, people had all the information. But at the end of the day, they'd still come in and want to ask you the questions. They'd still come in and want to know the information, even though they've got it and read it. Um, and I think I think of anything. The internet has made the buyer more educated uh, and probably a little bit more decisive uh, because they know that what they want, what they want and what they don't want, um, so they can do their research beforehand. I thought it was interesting at an event a yesterday that I was lucky enough to go with Harcourts. Um, uh, you know, the, it was pretty clear that real estate agents are going to be replaced by real estate agents. You know, it wasn't it, – real estate agents aren't going to be replaced by technology, no. you know, and there's a lot of technology coming down the pipe still with AI and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, you know, people want to do – you know, they, they want to know, like, and trust you. So if you're the agent, you need to be able to use the technology to become that authority, to become the person of choice. I always say, you know, consistency of message plus victory reach, great relevancy. If you're, if you're the most relevant agent in the marketplace – People are going to do business with you, you know, uh, because they see you. And I think, that, I think that's the thing I've seen uh, in in the industry. Yep, there's some really great technology, but it's just allowed the filter mm. become clearer mm. for a lot of people. Mm. I know me and my wife at the moment looking for a house. We we know what we want, and yep, we're working with an agent, and she's awesome. Um, and we know she's going to help us when we when we
1: come to do the deal, mm. you know. Um, and I think I think that's the value, right? Yeah. Well. well there is a there's a percentage of, of business like you go see an auction, you go to the auction, you bid up, you buy. Yeah. Um but outside of that area of business, which has been a key focus for us to grow our profile, to grow our expertise, because you've got to be yeah. right on your game if you yeah. in an auction. Because everyone has a love hate relationship yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh but outside of that. You say what you want. Yeah. You say, I want a three bedroom, or I want a four bedroom house yeah. in Avon need with a big backyard. Yeah. And you end up with a three bedroom place in Kashmir on the hills with a nice view. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. people say, How did that happen? And that's where business gets done by the agents. Yeah. Because they listen to what you need. Yeah. And then, then they intuitively think, Well, I think you should have a look at this. Yeah. Oh, oh I've never considered this. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly you fall in love with in yeah. your own home yeah. yeah. that you, Never you thought you'd be. Logically hidden planned yeah. and emotionally it. I'm careful for that one. <laughs> I don't want to catch me out. Even though I love the
0: view. <laughs> hey, so so your role now in Harcourts, you're like you're you know, you've been you know, you've been the GM of Harcourts, the group,
1: you know, you've been the, the chairman on the board of international. Um, your role now, what do you where do you sit? I'd say well, I sit on the board, so there's um, you know, the governance role, if you like, uh, to stay in touch. There's the uh, awards recognition, yep. you know, unfortunately, I've become the old guy that roll out. <laughs> uh, and there is the mentoring support. You know, when people in business meet challenges, yep. sometimes they would love a bit of wisdom. Yeah. And because of my experience, yeah, they come to me and I'm happy to share that wisdom, yeah. help them make decisions that, you know, at the end of the day, a mentor helps you make a decision you probably might make on your own. Yeah. And then... If you are making choices, not taking chances, yeah, uh, you'll um, you'll prosper. Yeah, yeah. That, you know the the once you make a decision, step over the line, commit, make it, do it. Everything changes. Yeah. all the fear, anxiety, and whatever is this yeah. side of making that decision. Yeah, and as soon as you make it, yeah, it's just that engagement, versus commitment. As soon yeah. as you committed, and so a mentor, and that's the role I play. Yeah, you know, people say, "Oh, thank you, thank you." you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it is a big thing, though, because, you know, a lot of people, uh, the confidence, no one wants to get it wrong, right? And 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 sometimes, I think I said to you the other day, is sometimes you don't have to believe in yourself as long as someone else believes in you. you know. And I think that's probably the role that you play, right? And you give the people that, that confidence to actually make that decision and know that things
1: are going to be okay. And um, so, so a lot of that, from my perspective, is helping them clarify what they want. Yes. You know, what are their goals and dreams and aspirations? Yeah. And then have they written it down? Yeah. Pretty much. No. Yeah. And as soon as you write it down, you get some clarity. When you get clarity, it makes your decision-making easier. Yeah. When you make a decision, you move on. As soon as you move on, yeah, things change. So so are, were you a big goal-setter back in the day, like when you were in the sales environment? I was. Great was, story. Yeah. I was promoted or given the role at um, rector. I had yeah. a guy knocking on my door, trying to sell me SMI, SMI yep. sales motivation Institute course by oh, yeah. it. And like at the time, I think it was might have been $1,500, which is like someone walking in the door trying to sell you something for 15,000. Yeah, yeah. So you think and it's a box of audio tape yep. and a book. Yeah, I yeah. think where's the value in that? Yeah. And Steve said, Well, maybe you should invest in yourself. Nice. So oh, okay. So I did the deal, paid what, it off. over. What,
0: was that a concept you'd heard about before, like investing in yourself, and,
1: and mm, a little bit of reading? Because we mm. had not a great reader, but we Steve ran regular training yep. sessions, and so you know,
0: when so the you people did a deal was
1: ready, you? the teacher would be. I yep. did a deal with the guy. Because you're a guy, guy, course. No, no, and he he was a good salesman. Yep. And on the back of me, he probably sold more courses. Wow. But the first part of this book yep. was writing your dreams down. Now, I was 22. You know, that was, yep. as a concept was completely foreign. Yeah. And page after page, family dream family dreams, um, personal dreams, ambitions, things you want to buy, things you want to own, place you want to go, page after page after page. Yeah. And you had to spend the first month or so filling all this in. Well, listen to a tape, fill it in, the SMI guy, yep. but how are you going? Do you remember who the guy was? No, no, no. But leap ahead maybe 30 years and I have one of our business owners come to me and he was thinking about appointing a general manager yep. and I could see that he was that guy Yeah, and I said look um, what are your dreams goals and aspirations he said oh I've got some goals, I said can you show me, oh not really, no I haven't really written them down, they're all in my head but I got them I said well I tell you what, it's Thursday let's meet again on Monday and you show me the list and out of my bookcase I reached around, which I hadn't reached for yep. 20 odd years and i pulled out the smi the old book yep. opened it up and here it is in my handwriting from 20 years ago um have, get married have a family travel go to mount von bike up mount von yep. um, fly a helicopter drive a race car. brilliant I be to, all absolute fantasy yep. when i was driving a chryser avenger sleeping on the floor of a at match flat. at 22 at 23 yeah twenty. Oh, okay. and so page after page after page after page every single one of those dreams had come to pass really how good and is it that? was just i said this is the power of it so yeah. how it works it just works it works so if it works why wouldn't you do it yeah so he went away and he wrote a few things down and took on that role and he's now got a multi-office business doing really well How good so why do
0: you want to fly have I had no idea. <laughs> I just, you know, it just seemed like a really good thing. Did to you
1: do. fly in one or fly it? No, float. Yeah, yeah, I flew solo all over Christchurch and out to you. Around. Brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy, right? The power of just
1: writing something down and then. Boy, just, when you're driving a a um, Chrysler Avenger, and then twenty years later, a mate of yours yeah. persuades you to go halves in the GT3 racing car. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. You have to go and learn how to drive a car. How <laughs> hey, good. So, yeah. you know, you do that for a bit, and, yeah. and um, so it it's a good story to share because, uh, you know, the, the people I work with now come to me for some guidance. Yeah, per se. Yeah. I say, look, just get a piece of paper. Let's dream up. Yeah, you uh, Let's dream up a magnificent life. Get a piece and of let's paper. Let's start with 10s, 25s, 50s, and 100s, the old Dr. Fred Gross, in a 100. Yep. Is climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So explain,
0: from the explain that for a little bit more. Because so, I'd so like to listen. So we, listen we to got,
1: D- D- we, great got we got Dr. Fred Gross involved in the yep. really early so on. So he
0: he was
1: something to do, what was his um kind of brand? It, so, did you do the black belt or Black Belt of the Mind. Black Belt of the Mind. Yeah. yeah. So he's a he was a rabbi, teacher, psychologist, yeah. and then this inspirational speaker trainer. Yeah and he held everybody accountable. We got him involved with our top performers. Nice. And so one of the key concepts when he was doing his PhD or masters was he decided to do on the meaning of life. And he went and interviewed people 60 yeah. plus years old and said, looking back on your life, yeah. what do you remember? Wow. And it was when I bought my first car, when yeah. I had to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, yeah. when I got married, when yeah. I got a degree, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so he categorized all of the feedback from 50 people. Wow. And said, Hundreds are uh, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, taking a month's holiday in France. Like, is that a hundred-level experience? A like hundred, that? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Just a number, but a yeah. hundred is in that level. Yeah. And a 50 could be a, a week in Fiji, my, a buying a brand-new car, flying a helicopter, doing yeah. A whatever. Yeah. there's a 25's a weekend way. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, learning to play tennis. And a 10 is yeah. a game of tennis, a coffee with a friend, a weekend at the gym. All of the things, so, so in your life, why wouldn't you come up with a list of hundreds, yeah. a list of 50s, a list of 25s, yeah. and a list of 10s? And if at the end of a day, it hasn't been great, make sure you put a 10 in it. Put a 10 in it. Nice. Put a 10 and if, in it. If, if in the next three months, make sure you have a 25, and once a year, have at least one or two 50s. Yeah. And then every two or three years, have why a, wouldn't you have 100? Have 100, and when you get to 60 or 70... You look back, and those will, yeah. will have designed the movements of life. And I think that's really important. That's what he taught.
0: That, that's very cool. I was thinking about this just even this afternoon before this interview. Um, I want to take my son to America for the World Cup soccer, right? But um part of that is I want to make sure that we go then to Italy for my wife because she won't really want to come up the soccer, but she will. But something cool that she wants to do is go to Italy. So I was like, right, I'm going to figure out how – we do the both, how we do both, right? And that's 100, right? That is that is That but, is 100. But I love how you can... How the thinking of that around the hundred to fifty to twenty five, but make sure your day's got a ten in it. Like that's, Yeah, every know. day should have a ten.
1: Every day should have a ten, and, a, and you can't finish your day without yeah. a without a ten. Otherwise, you know, you're you're just living a life in, on the average. So when you when you were writing goals, did you just write it down once, like you
0: you know you wanted a BMW? Were you sitting there writing it down every day? Hey, I want a BMW, or did you write it once, put it away, and just go on every day? day? How did you broke them down, got them off the day?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just once a year, once every six months, yeah. write you know, the list and yeah. update it. Yeah. it. It has a power of its own yeah. once it's written. Once it's written. You don't, yeah. like Bob Wolfe will say, put the pictures on the wall of your yeah. shower and yeah. look at them every day and, and they're probably a far more powerful motivator. Yeah. I haven't had to do that. Just the very fact yeah. of having you know, half a dozen good hundreds, yeah. 10 to 15, yeah, 50s, Twenty twenty fives and, yeah. and a lot of tens. Yeah, that ensures that I live a magnificent life. Yeah, and and obviously because you've got them there and you know what your tens are
0: and you know you, you're kind of looking for opportunities to 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 do stuff during a, during the
1: day, I guess. So or you. you know what so it's like. We have your brain. Run at the gym.
0: Yeah.
1: You know Monday lunch with the boys. Yeah. You know play tennis. Yeah. So you know I go for a swim with the mate. Yeah. Go diving. Yeah. Uh, diving for me is a twenty five. Yeah. So, uh, you know, those just happen. And, and did that, did that like help you, did it help you drive
0: your business thinking? Like, hey, okay, um these things, while the the, they like, at the end of the day, if you want nice stuff, you need money to do it, right? I like, think the, the, the,
1: was money a driver the, or was just the, the no, money's the, just a fuel. That's money's yeah. just a measure. Yeah. Um, work funds your life. Yeah. Work is not your yeah, life. Yeah. But, so when you're at work, work, yeah. And if you're at work thinking about the game of golf, leave work and go and play the golf. Yeah. If you're on the golf course think thinking about, about work, work. leave the golf, leave mm-hmm. the game and go and work. Go and work. Yeah. The trick is having the discipline and structure yeah. to, in that moment to work. Yeah. Most people are productive about one and a half to two hours a yeah. day. Yeah. The yeah. rest of it's just stuff. Yeah. Totally true. Fully so, so if X is what you're earning living on or whatever at the um. moment and you're productive for an hour and a half to two hours a day. Yeah. Why wouldn't you 2x and just say, okay, if I know what I'm actually produ- – what I do that produces my income, income, yeah. if I just double the time I spend in that area yeah. and ignore everything else, yeah. I'll double my income. Yeah. Because whatever you engage in ultimately delivers your, your result, outcome. your income. Yeah. So for us, it's easy. It's prospecting, yeah. making phone calls, cool. face-to-face with people. Yeah. If you are – prospecting 30 minutes a day and you make four phone calls and you meet one person yeah on average that'll get you one listing yeah two listings and you'll make x dollars yeah if you make double that number of phone calls double that number of um face-to-face visits and double the number of presentations guess what your income will double your income will double sounds real simple right? But everything is it's simple. simple. The, yeah. the the hard thing is the discipline to, to engage in the course. And the structure, is we mean. And the structure, yeah. yeah. So I say, you know, life is about doing a little a lot, doing nice. the little things often. So nice. if you can make 10 phone calls before 10, yeah. will that make you successful tomorrow? If you make the 10 calls today, are you going to be fundamentally any different tomorrow? Probably not. No. So if you make those 10 calls before ten for the next three hundred days, yeah, how will your success and yeah. in... you're on another planet. Like yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. everyone says, oh yeah, that's easy to say. But the top that's what the top people do. They yeah. just do the ten calls that you can yeah. do. They just do it every day for three hundred day. days. Yeah. And they. oh well that's is that three thousand phone calls?
0: Yeah.
1: It's like if you get up an hour earlier, yeah. Every day, yeah, you get six and a half, 40 hour weeks a year. Yeah. That's huge, right? It's massive. What well, it changes your life. Yeah. I, I say, oh, could you get up an hour earlier? Oh, yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Just be happy with what you've got. I taught one of uh, a young lady this who has a
0: digital company, and I taught her. She was struggling to get stuff done. I said, look, i do I give you something. You just got to do it. Like, I know you've got young kids, but just get up. Train your brain to get up an hour earlier. I said, here's, here's how I would do it if I was you. Start with 15 minutes. And do that for a week, and then the next week you do another 15 minutes, so you know you're actually half an hour. So she does this six months later. She comes back and sees me and she goes, I'll get up at five now. She's doing it a whole hour before and she doesn't feel guilty anymore. Six and 40 hour weeks, and she's up before her kids. She's done an hour's worth of work and she's got the time at the end of the day to spend with her kids, yeah. And and I said, Look, and no guilt, and no guilt, no guilt, you're there. And I think for me, I, I think personally, um, uh, you know. I just love it rising early. I love getting up early. I love getting to the gym. I love have my morning routine, and it allows not me. Not many to... people do though.
1: Like, no, they're not going to so, understand so, why. So if you have the big dreams and goals, and you have some discipline mm. and some structure, the next thing that I've found that makes a difference is some accountability. Yep. And accountability is somebody holding you accountable. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that I go to the gym yep. is because if I don't go, I get horrible emails and calls and, and video <laughs> yes. from the guys who do go, Yeah, um, and that is a powerful influence. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a, a reward or a non-reward yeah. or somebody holding you accountable in business, yeah. as you do going to the gym, whether yeah. it's a, a coach or a, a one-on-one instructor yeah. in business, yeah. it makes a difference. It does
0: make a difference. Um, and so, is that sort of the role you play for people now, and like you know, to help people become accountable?
1: Or? I I do, mm. but, but I only hold people accountable. Yep, this is my sort of, um, product. But I'll hold you accountable if you engage in the activities. Yep. So yeah, we come up with the goals and the task list and it makes It's the calls and the bits and pieces in the real estate sense or any business. Yes. You say you do those things. If you do those things, I hold you accountable. If I find you're not doing them, you get one chance. Yeah. And then after that, if you're still not doing them, you're never going to do them. Nah, so I'm wasting my time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and no, and so no, you yes, I hold you accountable. Yeah, I only hold you accountable if you do the two things. Does and I think, s- no, as uh, yes. I actually said to this young lady as well, I said, look, no money's going to change hands here, but I said, you need to do the actions that you say you're going to do and you report on them. And if they're done, that's good. If they're not, we won't talk again, right? And it's amazing how much her business is growing um, because she's taken the actions and done, done, mm. done the things. And,
1: and you've probably shown some belief in her too.
0: Yeah. A- and also, uh, you know, this you've got that experience that you can share with people. Because you know, I've failed a lot, <laughs> and I've learned what's worked. Probably like yourself, right? You, you, because you, when you put things in action, you do tend to fail, right? You, you, and I think that's one of the keys is is being okay with failure. You know, you would have seen that as, as oh, I've
1: made made some phenomenal blunders, yeah,
0: in yeah, in my time. But that, but I think one of the keys is to keep going despite it, right? Yeah. So. 4th of June, 2010, great day for you, inducted into the Harcourts Hall of Fame. Oh, me. yeah, yeah. So what, is, yeah. what does that mean to you? Because I've read about it and I've talked to a couple of people about it, but I could just see the smile on your face already. Um, you know, what did that what did that mean to you?
1: Well, it's sort of the highest accolade in Harcourts. And yeah. for, you know, for the 10,000 people who work in our business, Yeah, yeah. Um, not many of us get degrees we don't yeah. walk on no. stage we don't <laughs> you know we don't do that the you know the market success might yeah. be you know the car or the house or the you know the whole day you take but yeah. if you you know recognize in that way it's yeah. special yeah and Harcourts makes it special you know your family's there they find yeah. people in from all over the world who are being part of your journey wow. and you share it on that night and they say nice things about you and you've got a plaque on the wall yeah. um just a, a very special moment mm. in time yeah and uh, something to treasure, because in sales, recognition is the oil that our business runs on. Yeah. So we have people who earn a phenomenal amount of money, but they earn a phenomenal amount of money sometimes. Yeah. Because of the recognition yeah. they get, you know, they do get recognised at top this at top that. And yeah. They get clerks. and people joke. Yeah. Harcourts so, that, you know, if they come to a conference and they come to an awards night, you know, there isn't anybody in the room who doesn't get an award. <laughs> but and we laugh at that because it's probably true. But if you're the one who gets on stage and gets the one award to you, it's everything. incredibly yeah. um, satisfying yeah. and, you know, you, it makes you feel good about yourself. So, yes, do we recognise everyone? Yes, we do. And I think in everything that we do, um, recognition of effort is yeah. the most powerful thing you can do yeah. to help somebody else yeah.
0: achieve. Yeah, and, and also, like... It's kind of ingrained in us as kids as well. You know, we get a star chart, yeah, like the climb ladders, yeah. And I think that's that's part of it. And I think of anything, you know, I, I've given Tony a hard time about about the awards and stuff like that. But it's behind the scenes, I admire it, and I'm a little bit jealous of it because we don't have it. We probably don't in our industry. We don't have it. Like mm. we can have it internally in the business and stuff, but as an association, as you know, with hardcourts you guys have that. Like mm. it's, it's actually something that people. Um, you bring people together. Uh, you see people being successful. Um, you have people that you can look up to mm. uh, and go,
1: "Hey, that, that's
0: amazing! What, what what that person's done?" Well, that's like,
1: that's what top achievers their most valuable contribution is showing other people what is possible. Yeah,
0: yeah, so true, right? And it's cool that they recognize, like, it's it's kind of like cool that they recognize the legends of the industry. Yeah, you know, the Hall of Fame. It's it's a really it's a cool thing to do. Hey, so. This has been a great chat. It's gone really, really fast. Uh, One thing I really want to get to, though, because what you do now um, with the Inspire Foundation, I came to my first awards um, the other night, and I was blown away by the caliber of people in the room, business owners in the room, but just young people. Um, I actually thought it was a sporting um, foundation and i was totally blown away when i started seeing you know ballerinas and guys doing frisbee golf and uh, a young girl who's going to the world championships of problem solving and another do, girl doing a a degree in um cancer of uh, in a in a master's going to the manchester uh, endometriosis yeah. and i was just blown away by these young people I started, I was talking, sitting there with a mate, John Plato from uh, Plato Creative, and we were sitting the man, do you feel dumb? Do you feel like, <laughs> not dumb, but do you feel like you're underachieved?" Underachieving. Yeah, you've under-achieve, under-achieving. Yeah, and yeah. so talk, talk to me about Inspire. Look, I've learned a bit more from about it now, but I, I'd love the listeners to learn more about Inspire because I think it's it's a movement worth getting behind, and, and there is something to it. And I just want to know, you know, why did you
1: start it, and, and what does it mean to you? Okay, so uh, – Mike and I started the Harcourts Foundation yep. after discovering a foundation in uh, Southern California that some guys said, all oh, right, what have you got? Oh, a foundation is what we do, and we give the money away, and all the officers contribute. Thought, oh, that's a good idea. So yep. we started the Harcourts Foundation. This is Mike Green. Yeah. Yep. And so we've contributed 6 7000000 million that's been given away, and it goes to, you know, the Red Crosses and fire disasters. and. Yep. Um, community groups and kindergartens, et cetera, et cetera. And a friend of mine, Bob Doveson, chairs the mainland foundation. They give away pub charity money to rugby and a whole heap of, you know, really, really worthy charities. What we found, totally independently, is we're inundated with applications for money from young people. And because of our charters and the foundation structure, you can't give it to individuals. Oh, wow. And so then we had a look at the industry. And so the whole industry is like that. The whole, all the foundations are sort of the same. So we decided to start a new foundation that didn't have any of those rules that we could give money to any young person for any endeavor at any time. So we fund all the things that no one else will. We've overseas travel. If you want to skateboard an oboe, if you want to go on a course, go to university. Yeah. Anything that they are interested in or trying to compete in or to be the best in, if they've got a proven track record, they're 15 to 23, uh, we'll fund them. Yeah. And how long has that been going? Since? About 12, 13 years. We yeah. started just after Canberra Earthquakes. Well, and we've you know, got 350 grantees. We've probably given five or 600 grants, given wow. away... Maybe somewhere between one and a half, two million. Nice. That's so, what it's, the, but what our support base, our donors get, is a hundred percent of the money that's donated. Yeah, is held in trust for the young people. And that's huge,
0: right? Wait, that's, well,
1: I've given money to other organisations to learn that forty percent of it siphoned off yeah. to run the organisation, yeah. and maybe that's an important part of it. Yeah. But um, and I give money to another organisation that the only time was a pledge. and The only time I ever heard from them was I missed a payment. <laughs> And so Bob and I, you know you've sort of flavored by that, and we thought, yeah. well, if we're setting this up, we want to treat anybody who donates to the Inspire Foundation. yeah, we want to treat them like a, a family member like yeah a, like a, And've you've, like a,
0: a, you've got a really nice business family community there now yep. with people. Yeah, like you've got some some pretty successful
1: people. And you can um, see where your money is yeah, going. Yeah. You, see, you listen to the stories, the people oh. are off to universities or yeah. dance schools or whatever, yeah. or they're going to play some sport or they're going to fence yeah. or, or javelin throw. do they like if you're a rugby league golfer, yeah. cricketer, there's access to funding. Yeah. If you a uh, quick thrower, violin playing... Well, Dancer. What an an amazing story! The other night was the young
0: boy that was doing the uh, frisbee golf. Right, going to the world champs. Amateurs invited to play in the big league over there. Um, But he had started that, and one of his one of the reasons he uh, has applied for the group. But he was he started talking to um, um, kids that are you know had a rough time, and he started taking them out playing Frisbee golf with them and I just thought, how cool because um, probably about a year ago I started playing Frisbee golf with my son and we're having a great old time. And I, and I, when I thought of when I was watching, I was going, how cool is that? The kid's using what he's doing to go and have a conversation yeah. with, with other kids uh, no. yeah, and I thought it was brilliant. That was one of the interesting things I, when I, I noticed that you started to talk about full circle. So obviously, you know, you've been going 12, 13 years. People now are starting to come back saying, hey, you know, we want to give back. We want to mentor this and create something of our own and help help more people. And mm-hmm. I just thought, what a cool thing to do because, yeah, you can give money to some charities, but this, what I liked about this is you're inspiring good people, good kids that are motivated, that are doing some incredible stuff, but they also want to give back themselves because they realize they've been given a chance. Yeah. And I thought that was that was something special that you created. I'm pretty sure you maybe didn't think about that when you first started. You know, but it's really cool to see that now, Mm -hmm. right? It's 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 becoming uh, yeah. Those very
1: we started off thinking if we invest in these young achievers they will become the future leaders that yeah. make a difference. At yeah. And now you see them running mentoring courses and coaching yeah. courses yeah. and looking after other, other disadvantaged people. people. And yeah. you're right, it's gone full circle. Full circle. And we've managed, with our, the support of our uh, membership, with our donors, yeah. to create a whole range of scholarships now. And those scholarships are being used by the grantees yeah. to fund yeah. the the cost of these um community-based yeah. support programs, which is, you're right, you know, 12 years, 13 years ago when we started the foundation, we had no idea of no. end up here. Yeah. And that along with the GRIP program is, is making a difference. Yeah. And let's talk a wee bit about that
0: GRIP program because I find, you know, like we talked about yesterday uh, around adversity and things that are going on and, and, and one of the things that struck me I won't, I'll never forget this. When the young girl that was doing the ballerina, um, she was told she wouldn't walk again. She told she couldn't eat again. She was basically going to be bedridden. I can't remember what age she was, but she decided, "No, I'm not having that." And she went along to a recital to get her uh, whatever she needed so she could join some program. She tucked the the feeding tube behind her ear and did the recital, mm. and. That to me was like I was just I was I was blown away by it, by the determination and by the you know you say grit, you know? And I and and I and I really thought, wow, these there's people out there that do extraordinary stuff, but then there's people out there that that at the same time are willing to share. And these people now are willing to share what they've gone through. Yeah. And this is what the GRIP program is about, right? So let's talk about that because we've all, all talk, already talked about this. There's a real, you know, issue in New Zealand with suicide. And there's a real issue around young people with suicide. And, and where do you see, you know, um,
1: GRIP helping with that? And, and I think there's there's some good stories that should be told. You um. know, the, the GRIP program was born out of... Us getting some feedback from the grantees about yeah. apart from money what do you want they said yeah. we want assistance and help to deal with adversity and so that's anxiety and depression and um, not sleeping and yeah. you know not coping um, eating disorders all of that sort of stuff and we're not psychologists we are no. the experts we went out and put a group together yeah and Gilbert and Oka got involved and Amazing. Dr Lucy Hone and Sean Thomas and a few really yeah. expert people in there. And so they said, Well, why don't let's focus on what you can do? Nice. And so we had a pool of grantees. We have got a pool of mentors and people who support those grantees. And we take people who have faced and are still facing adversity. We interview them. Yeah. We get the insights and lessons that they have learned the hard way, Hardly. dealing with their anxiety, yeah. their eating disorder, yeah. their depression. Because some of these kids have been through oh, terrible, things. terrible things. So right? we interview them and we distill it down to a six or seven minute really high class short film oh. and we load it on the website and it's there as a resource for people to realise, one, they're not alone. Two, here are some insights that might work for you. Yeah. So good you know, s- we, we talk to um, uh, you know, psychologists and others and have offered it to schools everybody's busy in this mental mm. space. You know, everybody's challenged. No one's got the answer. Um, you know, I talked to Nathan Wallace and said, look, yeah. we've got this program, we're building it, it's there. Yeah. We don't know whether it works or not. And he said, no one has got the answer. Yeah. So persevere. Persevere. And, and, and I guess a, on its own, it's a it's a great resource. Yeah. And you don't know where it'll go. And no. it might help one person. Yeah. And, and if think, it does, then it's worth it. Then it's done its job, right? So
0: just GRIT stands for goals, resilience, insights, and… Together. Together.
1: Because okay. right. in all of this, yeah. in human endeavour, you very rarely do it on your you, own. You don't do it alone. And together and you go further. <laughs> if you're suffering adversity, yeah. you need someone in your corner, you yeah. need someone sometimes to just yeah. put an arm around your shoulder yeah. and say nothing. Yeah. Um, so… So what would you say to someone, let's like say a parent who's, who's
0: maybe having some troubles or, or, or you know, the children that are having a hard time, you know, uh, log in to go, grit, just yeah, yeah, go through to the, the Foundation. Foundation
1: website yeah, and We'll put some links. So not only have we interviewed the grandchildren, young people, but we've yeah. also interviewed um, the Nathan Wallaces and the, the cool. guys who are at Leading Edge in support, yeah. psychologists, coaches people who are providing support to challenge young people nice. to get their insights. And so that's loaded as well. And so for a parent, a coach, a teacher, a mentor, there might be something there. And we're just going to keep building that yeah. over the, the next few years till we get um, a world class library. Yeah. And a, and and like the
0: ability it's free for people to go in there and tap into that information. Yeah. I think that's a world class, you know, something that that look the world needs. Young people need the parents need it. Um and and we've just got to find a way to get it in front of more people, which we, which we are going to do. What's um what's your you know your your when you look at the the thing you're most proud of um uh, throughout your business career and and now what you what's 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 some of the things you're most proud of?
1: Most proud of, oh, well, the Inspire Foundation, you know that. Getting that off the ground and seeing it sustain through yeah. um, a decade is, you know, it could be a real buzz. Yeah. Um, seeing Harcourt's grow from 15 offices to. There must be so you cool know, in, in yeah. as many countries. Yeah. That, that's been a buzz. Um, t- but, you know, I sold my Porsche. To buy a land cruise this is take cool. my yeah. uh four grandchildren to daycare yeah. every day I can. Yeah. And so, you know, the unbridled love that you get from grandchildren yeah, yeah. and that you can give yeah. is probably, totally. you know, something that really puts a smile on yeah. my face. Yeah. And
0: it's cool to see that, right? Because you know, I know the, the guys in the gym are giving you a hard time about selling a Porsche. And buying a land cruiser, but but the reasons that you do it are so cool, right? It's uh and and you know, like I can guarantee you that they they will be well looked after as far as those grandkids when it comes to lollies and ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> hey Paul, this has been a great chat. I wanna I wanna finish. I wanna put you on the spot. I wanna say look, if you're looking down the lens and you're looking at someone who is looking at starting a business, um, or is already or has a business? Because we know where we are right now in the marketplace. People yeah. would say, "Hey, high inflation, high interest rates. Maybe the world's looking down the barrel of a recession." What do you do? Uh, what would you do if you were facing uh, things right now? Um, to to one. Not just a buy, but thrive in a business. What okay. are
1: they? What are your five key takeaways? All right, so uh, I would start with a navigational check, which is asking some probing questions where you are now. You know, what's working in your business, what's not? What are you ignoring? What are you avoiding? Um, you know, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities? So they actually get it down on paper so that mm. you can take a look at it and say, yeah, no, I am avoiding that and I am hiding from that and I need to deal with that. So yeah. you do a navigational check. So okay. Like if I load you into a car right now, yep. blindfold you yep. and drive you around the back of Canterbury yep. and say, get back to this office, what's the yep. first thing you have to do? Yeah. Find out where you are. Find out where you are. So so navigational check, find out where you are. You've got to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you're in someone else's plan. Yeah. So, if you're, that. so, so once you do a navigational check, you've got to then say, well, what do I want to achieve? What are the goals? Yep. What are the things that I need to address? Yep. If I'm avoiding this and, and not really attending to that and there are some opportunities, what do I need to do in that space? What are the actions I can take? And then as soon as so, you've got you clarify your goals, clarify the short-term objectives, tasks, and things that you've got to achieve. You write a task list, okay, yeah. So is this under number two or is this still under number one? Uh no, that's well, this is probably number three. So okay. one was the navigation check, where yep. are you now? Two, set sale, where am I going? What are the goals yep. and things that I can achieve yep. in the short and medium term? Yep. And then looking at the short term goals, they might be this week, this month, or this quarter. Yep. But you've got to specify what they are. Yep. And they normally either sales, performance, activities dollars, whatever is yep. a measure for you. Yep. And then there are certain tasks you need to engage in on a daily basis for those things to happen. Nice. And then you have to so you write the task list yep. and then you have to put a date yep. for achievement and the initials of the person responsible. Perfect. So there's nowhere to hide. Now yep. under all that you can have training and development and whatever. But the next thing on my list is what are the dollar productive habits that if i engage in them every day yeah will drive me to achieve those tasks oh, I and it always comes down to prospecting communication building relationships scripts and dialogues closing those sort of activities um are the things that if you complete them every day yeah. Will help you achieve yeah. your plan, your target, your goals, yeah. your dreams, um, and that's it. Nice, I like it. You know, and hang around other successful people. Yeah. yeah, you know, get your mentors, do a bit of reading, know what you have to do. The little, a lot, you know. Yeah. If it's if it's ten calls before ten, just make the calls. Yeah, yeah. And as Gilbert said yesterday, start with. Don't get over all the whole plan and yeah. all the things. Just do the one thing. Just make the ten calls. I like, every day. I like what he said yesterday about shorten your focus. You know? Yeah. So so bring it in uh, when you're under maximum tension and yeah. pressure and anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Don't focus on what is yeah. going to happen to you or what you have to achieve in the next yeah. month. Yeah. Or the next week. Yeah. It could be just what you need in the next hour. Hour. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because. Because the wider you the wider you look out or the further you look out, the the more stress you bigger the chasm, the more frightening it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I've talked to a couple of people about this already, about, you know, how past, present, and the future and and you could see people just nodding going, Oh, okay, I get that. Like that's a you know, and, and I think the analogy he gave yesterday was a good one around auctions and how to shorten that focus up and stuff like that. So man, there's some great Great takeaways. You know, number one, navigational check. I think if anything, right now, that is the thing that everybody should be doing. I know from a marketing perspective, we're doing a lot of them with people. You know, okay, where are you going? Where, where are you right now? We we call it where you can win. Hmm. Let's look at where you can win. And there's a number of things that we're looking at. So get a navigational um, um check up, then get that
1: plan together. So, you're setting sales in your task list. I really yeah, like that. The, remember, ask yourself what am I avoiding what am I, or ignoring yeah. in my business? Yeah. yeah. Two really revealing yeah. questions because the deeper you go and the more honest you are in your reflection, the more likely you are to unearth the pearls that yeah. will drive your business plan success. Nice. What are
0: you avoiding? Nice. Great question. Yeah, and you can. I'm ignoring, ignoring. Yeah, or ignoring. ignoring. And we all ignore stuff. It was interesting. I, I cleaned out. Um, I cleaned out my garage the other day, and it was 2010. Uh, I financially wasn't doing as well, and you know how I could know how I knew from from cleaning out my uh, garage. I was cleaning out a whole bunch of boxes that had unopened um, business um, uh, statements. And I wasn't opening them because I knew what the what they were saying, and and now like and, and there was like, there was debt there, right? And there was a lot of bad debt. And now I have no bad debt, and and fi- <laughs> completely financially different situation mm. from when it was in 2010. But I was ignoring. I didn't want to I didn't want to read those letters. And I actually opened those letters, and it was funny to read them. Like um, at one stage, I was like nine dollars something OD in my bank account. And, and, and I was like, I can guarantee that's why I didn't want to open that (laughs) at the time, right? Uh, But it was, it was quite a cool moment because I look back now and it's like a completely different situation, but I had to work on myself to get there, right? And one of them was facing it. So, so you're, you're, what you're talking about is, you know, what are you avoiding? What are you ignoring is exactly what you have to do right now. Uh, and, and we're all avoiding something at some stage so this is some great advice hey paul i really appreciate your time i know you're a busy man um this has been fantastic i think we could probably keep talking for hours but but uh it's been it's been for me um one i've loved looking back at where you've come from because it's it's been great for me personally because i've got to know you a wee bit more i know a bit more why you've been successful and, and a bit more about who the person you are so i really appreciate you uh, and appreciate the friendship that we've created with the gym and, and coffee and stuff like this and i'm really looking forward to helping you uh, and your team with the Inspire Group and stuff like that Thanks for wow. yeah. the yeah. opportunity. I think it's it's been fantastic. So, hey, guys, appreciate your time. Thanks for watching. As always, uh, please, you know, like and share, review, uh, and tell people to watch this interview. We'll put some uh, advertising money behind this, and no doubt, Paul will get tapped in the street. People will, will say, hey, Paul, I heard you uh, yeah. on the Marketing for Business podcast. So, hey, thanks for your time, and have a great day. Hi, schools here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, If you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, Uh, www.getdigitalinfluence.com. We've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time, and have a great day.